On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. You're listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you! Here's your host. The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. Episode 998 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast, off and running. My name is Matt Robinson in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're going to talk a little baseball today with our buddy Andrew Stoughton from thebatflip.ca. Looking forward to catching up with him on uh, the heels of what was an interesting, if not particularly exciting, trade deadline day for the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll get to him in just a second. Make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. We'd love to interact with you there, hear what you have to say about these episodes, and uh, make sure... You are subscribed wherever you're hearing us right now on whatever podcast uh, podcast app you're using. Uh, make sure you hit that follow button, that subscribe button, and stick around because we are on the final stretch of the road towards episode 1000. We're going to drop that for you on Monday, August 8th for the first time. You've been hearing it in our commercials there. Michaela, Maddie, and Rob will all be in studio here together with me. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, I've been in studio individually with these guys, uh, but they've never all been in here at once. So we're looking forward to doing that. And uh, we got a lot to cover with those guys, of course, over a couple of pints. Also want to mention that uh, episode 1000 has its own playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. Just search Tall Can Audio 1000 or the links to the playlist are available in the show notes here. Uh, If you just scroll down past the episode description, there are links to the playlist on Apple Music and on Spotify. So, uh, like I said, it's just uh, just search Tall Can Audio 1000, though, and uh, and you'll find it. Um, and it is songs that, uh, I don't know, have sort of been synonymous with the podcast throughout the years. Songs we've used as different themes or referenced all the time. Or, uh, you know, if you've been a long-time listener, you'll recognize most of them and, uh, and understand where they came from. But check that out on either Apple Music or Spotify, Tall Can Audio 1000, the playlist. We got one show left before we get to episode 1000. That'll be episode 999. Makes sense, right? Rob's going to be back in here. We will drop that for you on Friday morning. And uh, we decided what we're going to do is uh, hit you with a little audio whiplash. And uh, if you guys haven't been around that long, if you haven't been with us for more than uh, a little while, uh, if you're not familiar with that term, uh, this podcast used to be two podcasts before the pandemic began, dating all the way back to uh, episode one. Uh, There was audio whiplash and tall can sports. And uh, one was talking sports. I'll let you guess which one. And the other was more the uh, just sort of the issues of the day, things we thought were funny, uh, things that were in the news, just sort of uh, pop culture stuff. Basically anything that wasn't sports uh, we would talk about on that one. 
once the pandemic rolled around, we had to change the way we do things a little bit and we rolled them in together and, uh, and it was just called tall can audio. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to wind the clock back a little bit. We always enjoy doing the audio whiplash shows and, uh, and we'll just kick it around. We'll talk about the, the history of the podcast a little bit. We'll talk about a couple things in the news. We'll have a beer or two and we'll get you all teed up for episode 1000. So look for that Friday morning. Rob will be back in studio to do that. Uh, episode 999 will be a little audio whiplash. Uh, with that out of the way, let's get right to it. We'll talk to our buddy Andrew Stoughton from the Bat Flip about the Blue Jays trade deadline moves they did and did not make. Happy to be welcoming back in at this time our buddy Andrew Stoughton. How are you doing today, man? I'm sure it's been a busy week. How are you doing? How are you holding up? Uh, getting any sleep? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, but no, it has been a busy week. I mean, uh, I think a lot of Jays fans, uh, myself included, would have liked it to be a little bit busier, but uh, uh, there it was. Yes. <laughs> We've done it. We've done the thing. It's true. Uh, we're going to get to what they have and haven't done and, and you know, what that might mean. You've got a couple of uh, interesting pieces up the last couple of days that we'll link to here in the show notes. Um, but let's start uh, because I... I you know, I've been tweeting a little about this. I've seen you doing the same. I think we maybe feel a little bit differently about this, but for maybe, I don't know, in kind of a similar way, if that makes any sense, Whit Merrifield. And uh, we'll get to the trade. We'll get to what he might bring or whatever. But the vaccination thing, let's do this right <laughs> off the top. Because sure. I think, uh, look, they they knew, obviously, he wasn't vaccinated. And I, I believe Obviously, if they went ahead and made this deal on top of the fact that he had already indicated, yeah, in the right situation, if I needed to, to, you know, to play, I would probably get vaccinated. I also believe they wouldn't have done this without some sort of back channel, you know, hey, is this going to happen? Is he would he do it to come here? And they were told, yeah, it's it's going to be fine. So I believe he will get vaccinated and, and be here soon enough. I don't understand the the tact that Blue Jays management is taking. And I'll be honest with you. I think they look like doofuses. I think you kind of have to come out and say just something like, yeah, it won't be a problem or he's going to like, I know they don't want to make it look like they're pushing him around. I know they can't like insist necessarily. I, all these sorts of things, but they're making it sound like they didn't even have the conversation. Like they have no idea whether this, well, he'll work through it with his family. I think they're confident it's going to be fine, but they are not portraying confidence in the way they're talking. Does that make any sense? Oh, it absolutely does. I'm not sure how much they can say. I mean, I've, I've seen somebody who I, I do not believe is like an American lawyer, for one thing. But I've seen people talking about, like, you know, legally, you can't talk about uh, an employee's medical things. And this, I think, falls under the uh, the, the falls under the, the medical uh, a medical issue, right? Even though, obviously, you know, we all have vaccines. Sure. Um, so I don't know if they can if they can say much beyond what they're saying. And I, I think that they also. You know, if he is on the fence still, I, I, <laughs> hilarious to think that it is. But also, I mean, I, I, it would not surprise me at all if they were trying to get Ian Happ until the very last minute. And this was kind of a contingency plan. And, you know, maybe uh, maybe I, I still think that there's enough time in the, in the day and in the weeks ahead, the weeks you know, leading up to the deadline. Uh, to have figured this out. I hope they're going on more than just what he said to a newspaper, right? But, but Merrifield did say, you know, if it was in the playoffs and we had to play in Canada or something, I'd think about it, which is, which is not much to go on if, that's, uh, no. if you're making a trade. Um, 
but yeah, I have to think it'll get sorted out. Well, I, I think, think that's an interesting think. point, though, right? Like this this trade, the fact that he is, you know, right-handed and he hasn't been as good lately and the vaccination thing, it does very much feel like they got to like the last segment, like, oh my God, we got to do something and just, uh, you, you traded for him and, and maybe it was <laughs> a little more frantic than I'm giving them credit for. I, I don't know. It's... I think, I mean, honestly, somebody, somebody has helped hold my hand through this a little bit and, and I'm coming around on Merrifield a little bit. He had a really nice July. He, you know, the exit velocities, the hard hit rates, they're still pretty good. Uh, they're still as good as they were last year when he was a three win player, even though he only had like a 710 OPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 there's versatility there. I mean, Santiago Espinal has not been great uh, at second base, so he's a contingency there. Kevin Biggio's not had a, I mean, I mean, I mean, in the last month, I guess I sure. should say that. He's an all star, he's had a great season. Good for him. Biggio as well, really cool the last month. Uh, so there's a contingency there. The backup outfielders, you know, you have Tapia, you have Zimmer, you have Kevin Biggio, all left-handed hitters. Probably nice to have a, a right-handed hitter as well, just in case you know when you're when you're facing uh, when, when you're facing a lefty that you don't want to have Tapia or Biggio in the lineup for. You never want Zimmer in the lineup. Right. <laughs> uh, so I, I mean, so there is there is some utility, uh, and and again, a three-win player more than more than Biggio's ever done in an entire year. Uh, and that was that was Merrifield last year. I'm not trying to sell anybody on it. Right. Uh, weird weird move. Uh, vaccine thing, pretty dumb. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, especially especially if he's not like immediately like, yeah, of course I'm getting the vaccine. Like, here we go. Yeah, um, like he could have put here, everybody yeah. at ease here pretty quickly if he wanted to. He could have, you know, had a press conference or an interview or whatever, and just go, yeah, no, I'm excited to get to Toronto. I'll take care or whatever. We haven't. I don't think we've heard a word from him yet. No, we haven't. And that, <laughs> that I think is definitely that's alarming. That, that combined with what the Jays are saying does definitely have some, you know, some worries maybe for fans, I guess. But, um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't I don't think it'll be a problem. I think it would be very funny if it is a problem. Uh, <laughs> uh, like it's, uh, I, I, it, it would be absurd if they did this. But also, so two things. I mean, like, yeah, I, I think that they probably can't say more than what they're saying. And like you say, they can't. They can't. Be like they're forcing him to do it. Right. I think they're the only stance that they can take publicly and perhaps even privately, even though they could you know, press on him a little more privately, is, uh, you know, it's up to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to you don't want to have him come into that environment. I also think it speaks to uh, how limited they were in their options that they ended up getting an unvaxxed guy like there there were, you know, Tyler Molly would have been a nice addition for them. There's a bunch of guys, there's a bunch of relievers around that, that it's like, oh, he would have been great. Uh, not vaccinated. We knew we learned that from, you know, when they played in Toronto. Right. So uh, there they they were uh, just competing on a different level than teams at this trade deadline. Right. They, they, they the pool of players available to them was smaller. And thus uh, it was kind of trickier for them, I think. And that's something that we should remember, too. And and I think it speaks to it Do you believe <laughs> that the- they actually got a vac- an unvaccinated guy yes. like it was. It, they were so bereft of options that they had to get a guy who was unvaccinated. But that's insane. Do you believe that the uh, slew of people that we see in the replies on Twitter every time a beat reporter indicates that which guys aren't coming to Canada and everyone starts screaming about what an advantage the Blue Jays have will be rational yeah. now and talk about the disadvantage <laughs> that this put the team behind? I, 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 I suspect not. No, probably yeah. not. It is. It has been an interesting debate all year as to, you know, which is, is worth more or who, you know, advantage versus disadvantage. It just sort of is what it is. But yeah, the Jays have caught a couple breaks with guys not coming to town but yeah it also absolutely impacts their personnel decisions and the players they can trade for and and sign you're kind of dealing with a smaller uh, pool than everyone else it's it's been an interesting you know pendulum to watch swing back and forth throughout the season 
It, it certainly has. I, 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 I thing we don't talk about it nearly enough, I don't think, is that uh, uh, it's all American guys. Because, yeah. of course, it is. Because all the guys from the Dominican and from Latin America or wherever else, they, to get into the United States, they had to get the vaccine right. because there's the same rules. So, yes. so it's just, I mean, it's just so stupid, the whole, the whole debate over it. It's like, yes, of course. I mean, okay, the, yeah. the advantages are, are, if you're already in America, yes, if you're good. Own, yeah, yeah. And if Aaron Otto and Goldschmidt aren't coming, yes, that does help the Jays a little bit. They have to have all of their players vaccinated, yep. uh, or, you know, for 81 games. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and, you know, people, People like my former colleague Ken Rosenthal wrote about this, and there's other you know people with big plans. It's like you could very easily like do the sensible thing and point out you know how the Blue Jays have been affected by this, and probably will for a while, depending on how long this this law stays in place. Yep. Uh, and we're in the off season, and we're at the trade deadline. Like those are those are like not a couple games here and there from a good play. I mean, <laughs> Goldschmidt and Arenado is uh, is pretty glaring. I mean, those Before, are like, course, the best yeah. players on a very good team, but. Uh, for the most part, you know, it, it hasn't been huge, huge superstars like that. Um, yeah, it's uh, the absurdity it's of the situation that they're in, even with uh, with Mitt Warefield is, you know, in theory, if he does choose to not get vaccinated, would you still make a roster move every time you go on the road and put this guy on your team? Or do you just go oh, like to hell with it and wash your hands of it and deal with it? No, you could be staring at some like really interesting, you know, decisions here coming up that I don't know if he's. Like that's such a weird. I, I guess we we've seen it with with Kyrie briefly in the yeah. NBA. Um, wasn't able to play in in New York State and a couple other places, and before eventually uh, they asked him to come back. Like they didn't want a part time player, and I guess they eventually <laughs> bailed on that uh, that stance. But <laughs> I don't know. This could be fascinating, man. We have a rolling it, player, it, and that's it. It could. I mean, I think that's what they would do. I don't think that they would. Uh, you know, they, they wouldn't just cut bait on him. I mean, there's a. Uh, Mandates work generally, yes. so I think. Well, I think even if he, if for some reason he didn't at first, I think you would probably see him eventually do it. And it's, well, for miss one a reason, or two. Yeah, miss a paycheck, and also just be asked about it constantly would suck, and it becoming it becoming a whole thing. Now you're like the, the MLB's Kyrie, like you don't want, you no, don't want to be that. You don't want like, to be anybody's Kyrie. That's no, like so. So I don't know. I, uh, I'm i not too worried about it. It's fun in this little, you know, interim space where we don't know for sure whether he's going to do it or not. Yeah. But, uh, I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll laugh about it when I find out that it's he's actually missing games and can't get across the board. As far as that trade goes, assuming that he is going to play and play all of your games for you, were you comfortable with what they gave up there? Yeah, I, I, I think Max Casillo is a guy that a lot of people kind of liked. Uh, I think people are split sort of in the industry. I know Jays fans saw like probably the best of him and maybe the Jays, you know, it, it sold high is, is maybe a stretch because, you know, Whit Merrifield is not, you know, <laughs> he's a he's a name because he's been an sure, all-star yes. before, but he's not he's not that guy anymore, except maybe he was in July and maybe he was a little unlucky at the start of the year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like Castillo, I, I think a lot of people think that he's a reliever long term. I think he needs to develop the slider a little bit. Um, interesting pitcher, really uh, served the Blue Jays well when they badly needed depth. I mean, I don't think he you know, he didn't like come in and rescue them per se, but he gave them innings in a lot of spots where they could have used it. Yeah. Uh, they're better off with Mitch White. I think absolutely like without question that he's, you know, that's a guy who's got like a, a three seventy ERA as a big leaguer in like a bunch of big league appearances and, you know, throws 94 and, uh, and you know, has uh, more pitches and has succeeded in a, in a, you know, has managed to get into games 
as a Dodger, which is not easy to do because the, the bar for entry is just so high there. Right. Uh, I think that's really going to help uh, help the Blue Jays. I mean, Ross Stripling immediately gets hurt, uh, which that's, I think, kind of interesting because apparently he felt it in his side sessions and, and he maybe didn't. I don't know. I don't know what they knew before they traded away Castillo. I think people probably are, are thinking maybe you would have liked to hang on to that guy. Uh, you couldn't have got Merrifield for for anybody else, but uh, I but I suspect maybe it's not. I mean, there yeah. is still some utility with with Merrifield, uh, like I say, and, and the contract is good, and and when the exit velocities and the barrels and the and the hard hit is 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 looking good, uh, even if the numbers aren't quite there, I think that other teams in the in the league would have seen that, and there would have been some interest, sure. interest, interest enough, interest enough that the Blue Jays would have had to put in a Max Castillo to get the deal done. Right, um, it's Whit Merrifield, like is. Is a name, as you said, and a former all-star, and I think people maybe are, you know, not quite sure or maybe misreading what he still is, but he's sort of an all-star in the way that Leo Komarov is an all-star, right? Like, it's t- you have to send, uh, every team has to be represented. So, I mean, I don't know whether at 33 years old, he, he was actually, I was surprised to see he was 33. I didn't think he was quite that old, but uh, um, one of the other people who I think is, is getting kind of the same treatment on his way out of town is Jordan Groshans. And there was a time there where that was a very exciting name for Blue Jays fans, right? A, a, a prospect that, uh, that had a lot of upside and we heard a ton about. And he started to kind of slide back a little bit in the last year or two. He's been injured a bit. His development has been hindered. You wrote about that in one of your recent pieces. And a lot of Blue Jays fans maybe felt that he was too much to give up in a deal for two relievers, like uh, the two that they acquired for the Marlins. Where do you stand on that trade? I think that was their best trade. I think that was, uh, you know, uh, I hope that Jordan Groshans gets, you know, gets it together, gets the power back. But that's really been a huge issue for him. I think timing is a huge deal because he was going to be Rule Five eligible uh, this winter, so he was a number twelve overall pick. That's definitely why the the you know there's still some some uh, some some prospect sparkle on him. Yeah. Um, but he just he hasn't performed, uh, the, especially this year in AAA. And he had kind of gone, you know, uh, it's been a tough road for him because of injuries. It's been a tough road because of the pandemic, I think, too. He's generally hit everywhere he's gone. But this year, the power just hasn't been there. And it's been a lot of at-bats and the slugging percentage is weirdly weak. And uh, I don't know that that's just uh, – that he, I don't know that it's like he's just not built for power. I think that people thought a long time. I think it was like a Josh Donaldson starter kid is what people said when when he was drafted. Uh, which uh, like a guy, yeah, a guy who has one one home run in in like in like almost three hundred plate appearances. I mean, yeah, that's not that's not Donaldson esque. <laughs> um, so I, I think that there, you know, there's a lot to like if you're if you're Miami. There would have been a lot to like if you were seeing him. Here's a guy in Buffalo you can stash him. If you're a bat, if you're Pittsburgh and you're picking in the Rule Five draft, you know that's a guy you're like maybe we could fix him. And I don't think the Jays would have put him on the forty man because he just hasn't shown it in terms of performance. And they just have, you know, th- that means carrying carrying him for a long time, and that means, uh, you know squeezing other guys off the roster whose performance would have merited it. Right. I think that they just have too too many decent players to have done that. They would have tried to sneak him through the Rule 5 and probably would have lost him. So that's kind of the decision that the, that it, I assume came down to. So, uh, so like, lots still to like there, but also enough that uh, that getting some value out of him now before losing him for nothing uh, I think is a really, really smart move because I think Bass and Pop are, 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 are not sexy names but are going to be very, very helpful to this bullpen because, you know, anybody who can get strikeouts and <laughs> can, you know, just get outs out of the bullpen is going to be helpful for the Blue Jays. Um, 
But yeah, I, I also, I mean, if if Groshans has another year like this next year, then the value is just gone. I don't, I don't know how you get anything from him. So I, I was, I was okay with that. But it, it is jarring because of you know what he was, what he was when he was drafted and the early years as a prospect. Yeah, that inflated name value a little bit. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah. Um, tell us about. But the- I think that was, I think that was part of it. Sorry, but I, I think that was part of it. I think that I saw that. Uh, uh, the Marlins were queuing up. To, they wanted to pick him at, at 13. They picked 13 the year that the Jays took him at okay. 12, and they were ready to pick him. And, and they've sort of, you know, they've been smitten with him for a very long time. And uh, and I'm sure that helped uh, sure. convince them to make this deal. Uh, what can you tell us about the two pitchers that are coming back? The Anthony Bass is not the Anthony Bass that was uh, that was here a couple of years ago. And Zach Pop, I don't know uh, too much about I've, other than uh, than what I've read here in the last day or so. What are they getting? Uh, they're not the traditional... A lot of us were sitting here going, you need, you know, a couple fireballers. And even when they made this trade, I sort of assumed that was still to come. Um, <laughs> Same. It, it yeah. didn't. But uh, it, there's no doubt about it. They are useful pieces in the bullpen. And it, just because it's not exactly what we envisioned doesn't mean that they won't be helpful. Um, you know, what can you tell us about these guys? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think Bass has just been going really slider heavy uh, the last couple of years. So he's a he's a different guy. He's a you know the, the release point has changed. He's I mean he's literally the same guy. It's the same person. It's <laughs> yes. not a different man named Anthony Bass. <laughs> but, but, uh, but but and uh, I don't know. They've uh, something has been unlocked. I think part, partly probably because of his time with the Jays and their their player development system. Uh, but I mean, if you look at his Statcast rankings, he's it, there's a lot of red on that page. If you look at you know. Uh, I think he's already been worth a win and a half by Fangraphs War this year. Like he's one of the better relievers in baseball this year. Like hmm. and and it seems bizarre because it it's Anthony Bass and <laughs> and you know, I'm not saying that he's always going to be that going forward, but it's it's working for him right now. And, and the pitch mix has changed a bit. I don't know, I don't know a ton more about it than just a you know just these little tweaks. But I don't think he's throwing especially harder. But he wasn't like he was he wasn't a soft tosser by any stretch. But he's not throwing 97 now. No. Zach Pop Brampton Ontario's uh, Zach Pop uh, does throw 97. He did get some swing and miss on the slider last year, but he has uh, he's got almost you know I think it's 83 percent sinkers this season uh so he doesn't get a ton of swing and miss because that's just not a swing and miss pitch but he gets a ton of ground balls and uh that has made him extremely effective and uh i don't know i saw you know saris I, I put this in a piece like he, he was like okay well maybe if they maybe they bring more of that slider back they'll get some swing and miss back because he throws hard and he does have a slider and that 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 could certainly be a guy who is ripe for the tinkering with by uh by pete walker and matt bushman and all those guys in the the jays pitching lab uh but the floor is pretty high. I mean, he's been really effective uh, uh, as just a sinker, you know, almost exclusively a sinker guy who's uh, who's going to get a lot of ground balls. You know, Matt Chapman being your third baseman, maybe ground balls are fine. Bo Bichette being your shortstop, shortstop, maybe ground balls are what you want to avoid. Right. I don't know. There's some, there's some thoughts that go into that, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it's true. I guess there's some control on both of them. I believe Bass has uh, one year, and uh, and I think it's it's multiple years, a couple years for uh, uh, for. Uh, Zach Pop. Pop, yeah, yeah, he'll be. I think he's, you know, he's only got like a, a year or two of service time. Like he could be around for a very long time. And Bass has like a three million dollar option for next year. So these are guys. That was something that Ross Atkins emphasized is that they wanted guys who are going to be around for for multiple years or for, or for you know uh, at least next year beyond this one. They weren't really into the rental market. It's not not something we've seen them do a ton. I mean, I guess they did in twenty twenty with uh, Taiwan Walker and Robbie Ray. Right. But uh, but but that's kind of how they're building. You know, they're building this. Team. And I think that that's, you know, they're, they're, a lot of fans maybe 
uh, miss the forest for the trees, which is that this, you know, this group is, uh, is largely going to stay together next year. This isn't a situation where like last year, oh man, (laughs) Simeon and Ray are gone at the end of the year. We like, we don't really, we don't know if we're going to have a better shot than this for a bit, depending on, it'll depend on what happens in the off season. And, uh, and this is a little bit different, even though I would probably say, you know, George Springer ain't getting any younger. Yeah. Uh, the clock is already starting to tick on Vlad and Bo, and, and Vlad, next year is the last of the contracts for Teoscar for Lourdes. Um, you know, last year, next year is next year, so they do still have another chance. But uh, I, like a lot of people observing the Blue Jays, was a little surprised that they didn't uh, swing a little bigger and uh, and really go for the opportunity that's in front of them. Uh, fans are already jumpy enough. We won't focus on Vlad and Bo's clock right now. Um, we'll we'll move on to uh, to Mitch White gets brought in from the. Um, the Dodgers, you referenced him a few minutes ago, and you know it's not a, an extremely exciting name, but it is a guy, as you said, who, who was getting innings for the Dodgers, and, and that's not the same as a lot of other places. They're very deep, and uh, he has made his way you know, into their mix uh, before getting dealt to Toronto. Is he, uh, you referenced in your piece, you were calling him strip light. Is that basically what this is going to be, kind of a swingman uh, back and forth? You can pitch in the rotation if you need him and into the bullpen, and uh, what's he bring? Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what it is. I think it is kind of, I mean, it, it feels like it's more of a natural fit in terms of, you know, you don't have to bump Stripling or Kikuchi into the bullpen uh, in order to in order to accommodate him. That would have been the case with a, with a Syndergaard or with a Frankie Montes or a Castillo or somebody that the Jays obviously were unable or unwilling to uh, to pay the price for. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that, <laughs> that this would have been their plan A right. necessarily. Uh, I'm sure they would have been happy to have to figure out how to get a, a Syndergaard or a, <laughs> a, a Montes into their, into their rotation. But uh, but yeah, I think that fits nice. I mean, already he's going to be in the rotation because stripling uh, being on the aisle, right? Yeah. But but, uh, but yeah, I think I think that that's absolutely what that is. Uh, he's got a lot of control left. He's got options left, so he doesn't even necessarily have to be here the whole time. You you it, it's it really is it, it's a good fit for what they're trying to do. Like you think, you know, we're not thinking about next year yet, but you think about going down you know down the stretch to have him out of the bullpen will really help to some of those games that sort of got out of hand when the Jeremy Beasley's of the world and, <laughs> and those, those types of guys come in and, and, you know, it's like you're down four and then that becomes your down seven. And that those are, if the, if the Jays can stop that from happening as much, you know, a four run lead with this lineup isn't insurmountable, but once it's, you start, you, you start pushing it beyond that, uh, it obviously gets a lot tougher. So I think that was something that they really needed to do in terms of addressing the bullpen and, and with the long man and with a couple extra guys where you can, you know, where Trevor Richards isn't going to come in to the leverage situations. You know, David Phelps is now your is now your Trevor Richards, or maybe Zach Pop is, and that's you know that's a much better place to be than having Trevor Richards as your Trevor Richards and Jeremy <laughs> Beasley and Anthony Ronda. You know, you don't want Trevor Richards to be your Trevor Richards. No, you that would don't. be insane. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's a fair point, though, that everybody gets pushed back a little bit and maybe into a better uh, role for them. And, and you create a little more uh, a little more depth. I think it's a neat move. It's not a name I would have thought of going into deadline day, but it, it makes some sense. And it didn't cost them very much either in terms of getting this done. And, you know, as we sort of summarize the day, I guess if you want to look on the bright side and what they did do, um, you know, you didn't give up Moreno. You didn't give up Martinez like your your top prospects are still are still around, and I guess that makes sense because you didn't land any of the big fish. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I've, I've struggled with this because I, I do think they needed to find a way to do more. And there is, you know, an argument to be made, obviously, that other teams were making better uh, better offers to these teams. And 
maybe Toronto didn't want to go there, perhaps smartly. I think the criticism, I know you feel the same way, is is unfair a little bit towards Ross in suggesting that he's too conservative. We have seen him throw, you know, prospects out the or throw them overboard to get uh, pieces when he feels the deal is right. But I, I don't I don't know. I'm sort of conflicted coming out of this. I, I, you know, I trust the guy. They've they've made some really nice moves over the last couple of years. But I don't know. Yesterday was a frustrating day. And, and there's no doubt the team got better. But everyone around them also got better and and maybe more better, you know, if you'll excuse my grammar <laughs> on that, right? I I know you took issue a little bit with the framing that JP Morosi had that um not only did Toronto not close the gap, that maybe the Yankees improved more than the Jays did. Maybe the gap has widened a little bit again. Um I don't know. How do you feel coming out of this in terms of where they stand now and what they did and didn't do? Yeah, well I mean I didn't take issue with the fact I mean the Yankees did get better and get Better than the Jays got better. Right. Uh, it's just there's no there's, there's the gap the gap's not a thing. Like the gap. I, I mean the there's a gap between the Jays and the Yankees in the American League East. Yes. yes. But I mean the, the Jays were not making these trades in order to try to run down the Yankees no. and win that division. No, no. They have a playoff spot that is almost assured. It's very close to assured. Uh, what they do need to do is stay ahead of the pack so that they get uh, home field advantage in the first round. And then after that, we'll where Whitmerfield will we'll not play for them. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Okay. Um, and so, and so, that's a that's a different task than worrying about what the Yankees do. And it's hard to tell people. It's hard to wrap your head around. Well, don't worry about what the Yankees do. It's like, well, the Yankees just just got. I mean, you could you could pick you could nitpick some of what the Yankees did. Mata says a shoulder thing. Jordan Montgomery is a good pitcher and i don't know what the harrison better trade was that's kind of odd to me right um but 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 they they were a good team i don't know if they're as good as their record uh no. i i don't know that true talent wise that they're they're all that much better than the blue jays are uh, i like their bullpen a lot uh, i wish i had the, their bullpen in the in toronto instead sure, but yeah. uh <laughs> but but even that even that's not as 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 imposing i think as, it, as well it yeah seems. michael but, king i think's gone for the year now right uh, that's a um, tough one too yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, this, I, I mean, coming out of it, no, I, I, it's just, I don't think that that's not only is that not how I would think about it, that's not how the GMs are thinking about it. Right. And that's sometimes that's tough for fans because fans have com- completely different incentives and thoughts about stuff than, than, than the GM. You can't all sort of think like the GM. And, right. Uh, uh, it's real fun to watch the Padres and to think, oh man, that would be cool. Yeah. Like, wow. Go get, go get Josh Bell and Juan Soto. Like that's awesome. Uh, I think that too. I loved it when the Jays got, went and got Matt Chapman and Jose Barrios and signed George Springer and signed Kevin Gosman, right? Like, those, sure, like yeah, yeah, those those things are real fun. There was a lot of teams that that you know you would have thought would have done something different. You know, I would have thought the Cubs would have traded Ian Happ, for example. Yeah, um, to me, there were there were yeah, there were a few, there were a few things like that, um, and I think it's just they really have like sort of hard values on everything, everything and everybody, and that's. You know, I don't know that it's just a purely, purely a formula, but I think that there's a lot of that that goes on, and I think that a big part of it, especially with the expanded playoffs, and I think that the, you know you can't you can't even think about this trade deadline in the same way as you have previous ones because the expanded playoffs yeah. change it so dramatically and and uh, and change what next year means too. Like Hap is going to be around next year, and the Cubs can sneak into the playoffs next year, perhaps. You know, uh, if he can help them do that, or if he can like let them hedge and figure it out at next year's deadline. Maybe there's more value to that. I, I wrote this the other day, like as I, I bought stupid, I bought 2017 blue Jays season tickets to get access to 2016 playoff tickets, <laughs> like play, uh, playoff dates. 
like the play, it's not just about the gate receipts to get playoff home dates. Right. Know? Like people kind of think about it. It's like, okay, let's start counting the number of seats and multiply that by the ticket cost. It's like, no, they're getting a huge amount of money coming in for people who are, you know, paying up front for season tickets for the next year. I mean, the 27 Blue Jays had great attendance. They were a terrible team because every night they were counting all the dopes like me <laughs> who shelled out a bunch of money in October 2016 to get the tickets so I could get a playoff seat. Right. Uh, and so like that, and so that I'm sure that goes into the calculation. So it really does, you know, change the the you know who is a seller and what they're selling and what their goals are in in you know in future years because you know the Cubs are closer to 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 being able to do that. How teams teams will take those deposits even if they're not going to make the playoffs. They'll take those they'll take those deposits in like mid August. Yes, <laughs> like like Cleveland, I, you're going to get a you're going to get an email if you're a Guardians fan and. <laughs> And are on their list at all? Like get your get your playoff access. Like they might be they might be five games under five hundred, but they'll be trying to fish for uh, for for those deposits for season tickets. That's really meaningful, I think, to teams. So it it is it is I don't know. It's a different world. It's, you have to think about it a little bit differently. And I think one way that they do think about it differently uh, than fans do is. The playoffs are a crapshoot. You go into you go into October. Who knows what's going to happen? And uh, you know you want to be able to. You want to only have to go through four, three series instead of four. Like the way the the wild card teams and the last division winner do the wild card round. And then there's the ALDS. Then there's the ALCS. Then there's the World Series. Right. Uh, the Yankees, by virtue of uh, presumably, I mean Houston could also win the AL, but those two teams look like they'll get the buy into the ALDS. So they're they're they already are way ahead of the the game in terms of what their world series odds just needing are. to get once, less wins just yeah. Le, and, yeah, and just just avoiding that potential trap of getting eliminated in three games in the yep. wild card so that, you're starting so further ahead yeah. yeah so that's why i think that it, it's it's easier for them to be like all right our number our number three prospect or number two prospect okay this makes more sense for us because you know that it it, it really i mean it really is you think back to the Cubs when they won in 2016 and they went and got Chapman and they really, you know, they were so far ahead of the pack, but they, they decided, okay, no, now we're, now we're really putting together an optimized world series roster. And that's kind of more what some of those teams that are not the Jays were doing. The Jays are still in a spot where, I don't know, they're going to get a best of three. Hopefully it's at home. Then we'll see what happens. And then who knows what happens. They still have, you know, there's more bullpen help to come and Yaz Rizulueta perhaps, you know, Julie Merriweather, Nate Pearson, not going to count on those guys, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's some swing and miss that could still be coming. But I, I think that, I think that, you know, the Cubs kind of did that, did, did that thing that maybe the Yankees didn't quite do, but are, were kind of there. And then also, and yet speaking of Cleveland and the Cubs, the, the, the Cleveland was like within a whisker of winning that world series anyway. So it, it is kind of foolish sometimes to go too hard on, you know, let's win the world series. Once you're in, it just, it, it is. It's not all about luck, but you know you do want to have the best three, four starters of the teams. You know, better, better players than your opponents. But so much can happen that it, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's a bit of a fool's errand to really try to like push and push all of your chips in to get into a situation where it's just such a toss up. Uh, Toronto fans can be forgiven for believing that those toss-ups more often than not go against them uh, when we get to these, I think so, yeah. Yeah, these sorts of moments. But so with that in mind, you know, like we said, the team did get better. Were you disappointed with what they do? Like what is the reasonable takeaway from, from what the team did yesterday? Was this, I mean, obviously I don't know what enough means. I was going to say, is, was this enough? Uh, probably not if, it, if you're trying to guarantee yourselves a world series, which you can't do anyway. 
what is the takeaway? I mean, I was disappointed because now it's just like, oh, all those downbeat negative people kind of feel validated. Like that, that, that bothers me. There's nothing that bothers worse. me more than anything that anything that happened trade wise. My Twitter timeline's gonna suck. <laughs> is the takeaway from yesterday? A little bit, yeah. a little bit. But just mine personally. Most people will be like, oh, every, all my all my friends agree the Blue Jays didn't do enough. Uh, it, it certainly, I'll say it, it, it was a letdown. Right. Uh, because of the hype that built. I definitely thought that there would be more. I thought that, you know, but that's all that's and part of that is them the too. Like you have as yeah. uh, like that's partly the management. They have always or not always, but when it was time, they have gone out and made big moves and kind of built the fans expectations to the point where, OK, yeah, Toronto's in this. And when big names come up, Toronto's going to be around. Um, you know, some of that Ross has done, you know, to his credit to himself. Right. Like. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think absolutely. And I think part of it is also that like this team has like they haven't shown the, their best self yet. I mean, maybe a little bit since uh, since Schneider took over, yeah. they've, been, they've been pretty good. But uh, but, you know, it just it hasn't been it hasn't been the year that everybody thought from the outset. And that's been sort of hanging over them all year. Uh, and there's I think, you know, and the Yankees being what they're doing, you know, doing what they're doing and being where they are the standings and the record. Uh, I, like I said earlier, like I still don't think that true talent, like there's that much difference between these two teams. Right. Um, so, you know, that there's, there's more to come still from the Jays. And so you kind of, ha- I mean, once you start getting down this road of like trying to have to like put it into like 14 different contexts to not feel like this was terrible, uh, probably not great. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I mean, I think it made a lot of sense. And also, you know, even just thinking back to where I was at, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, it was just like, all right, a couple bullpen pieces. They're going to need a swingman kind of guy. Probably won't. You know, it's a luxury to go get a, you know, like literally all the things that I thought of is, is kind of like check them off the list is what they did. Uh, and then you kind of look at it. And you're like, oh, that's it. Really? Okay. <laughs> you know, my reasonable um, opinion sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little bit. But also, I mean, you watch, you see Montes go to the Yankees. You see Castillo go to the Mariners. You see Soto go to the Padres. And you're yeah. like, you know, well. Well, those are those teams are really trying, and it doesn't necessarily feel like you're really trying. And then you you worry about, um, you know, I don't think you want to put too much into it. I've I had had words about this tweet as well about about people being like, oh, well, what's going on in the clubhouse? How are they going to feel? Right. And I think that the psychology of the clubhouse is a real thing, and it's something you know, like Alex Anthopoulos learned about or learned took a lesson from uh, 2014 uh, into like you, there's there's a direct line between. Jose Bautista and, and Casey Jansen being mad that they did nothing at the 2014 deadline and the Braves going out and doing what they did uh, last year and then ending up going on and winning the World Series. Like I think Anthopolis understood, learned the hard way uh, that that really matters and that showing the team that you have their back really matters. And so that's kind of another element of did they do enough? Like do the do the fellow players think that they did enough? I mean, right. They know Anthony Bass. They probably a lot of them probably remember Anthony Bass and are like, Anthony Bass, uh, is he, <laughs> Bass Bassy really really throw that well this year? Like what's different with Bassy? Yeah. Um, so fair question. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. That that to me is an interesting question. I, I hope uh I think they're a confident group. I think they've been playing well enough that that might not matter. uh, And I was talking on my podcast last night with Nick Ashbourne, my co-host. He he made this point where he's like, you know, if they if if they had been if if the deadline had come when they were on that road trip to Seattle and Oakland, and they did this, that might have been a different story for the clubhouse than it happening now with them, you know, feeling on the upswing. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Maybe before we get out of here, there uh, twice in this episode you've referenced the Padres, uh, Padres, and there is a younger version of myself that can't 
can't quite wrap his head around having to be envious of the San Diego Padres, but that is the world we live in at this point. <laughs> yeah. And they go out and they do it again, um, bring in another star in uh, Juan Soto. I don't know too much about what you know the the prospect side of things on uh, you know that were in the Padres system that they gave up, but. What did you think of the trade? I guess all along we had heard that the Padres were one of the teams in the, uh, you know, in the in the mix to get this done or to make it happen. But did you actually believe that this was going to happen before the trade deadline? And were you surprised it was San Diego? Um, not surprised it was San Diego because no, they have a loaded system or they did have a loaded system, yeah. and, and that's been, that's been a thing for a really long time. They've done a really good job, um, you know, continuing to like have a team that's good enough to lose to the Dodgers and else, and then also uh, <laughs> and then also have really good talent. I mean, that's going to be an issue. For, I mean, the Dodgers are still so stupidly good. Yeah. Um, but God love the Padres and AJ probably for going and doing that. Uh, and they, they, you know, they keep, they keep doing it. You know, Clevenger Snell, you know, you Darvish, they, they, they keep going and getting guys. Right. Uh, Manny. The signing Manny Machado, right? Yeah. I mean, I thought they did Eric Hosmer dirty a little bit. Like, <laughs> if you didn't need to do that deal with him in it, yes. then why would you make it so like you like his no trade? You knew he had the no trade. Like, why? Why is why is the franchise's fate now in his hands? Right. So it's kind of like he's he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. It's like if he come, if he's like, no, I want to stay in San Diego. Like, like that that was a horrible spot to put him in, especially yes. when you're when you're just like, oh well, if he says no, we'll do we'll do the deal like this. It's like, right. well, well, then just do the deal like that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, didn't didn't care for that, um, but yeah, it's uh, I I'm not going to pretend I'm like an expert on the Padres system, but just based on, on what's out there, what I've heard, what I've read, uh, really really good prospects, like like guys that the Jays just don't have the equivalent of, uh, or that you know the Jays have. I think I was looking at it in terms of like future value, which is like Fangraphs puts like a you know twenty eighty scale grade on it, and. Yeah, one of them's a sixty, and there's a couple of fifty fives, and there's and there's a fifty. I think we're like the four top prospects, and the Blue Jays I think have a sixty future value in, in uh, Gabriel Moreno, really great prospect, and then their next is like forty five. Okay. Like just the gulf between, but uh, like, I think the Padres have other fifties as well. Like the the Jays just didn't really have the horses if the Padres were going to go that hard for it. So uh, hard to. I mean, if you want to give up Alec Manoa. I'm sure the Padre or the, the the Nationals might have listened. You know, guys like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't say somebody got snarky with me. Like, oh, well, you know, the Jays could have made that trade. And it's like, well, yes, they could have. I think Morosi said that too. And it's like, the, yes, they could have. You want to trade Vlad and Manoa and, and Moreno? Yeah, you can get them. Are you going to be better? Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, 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 two different questions. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's really fun though to watch what the Padres are doing and. Uh, uh, and it, it, it's they're kind of a model too, right? I mean, partly I think it's just because they don't like they're they're at this point. I don't even. I'm so uh, I'm so like not into the NFL that I have no idea if the, where the Chargers play at this point if they're still in San Diego or if that was 15 years ago. I think they right. ended up in LA now. Yeah, like <laughs> I believe so. LA, yeah. yeah. yeah Philip Rivers still back. Yeah. So like <laughs> <laughs> um, but like so, like they're they're a one they're they're a one team uh, market. So that maybe helps them a little bit. But also, they have an owner who's uh, who is willing to to pay Eric Hosmer a bunch of money, and then Machado, and then Tatis, and then and then and then, and they're kind of like running into luxury tax issues, issues quote unquote because they don't want to go over top of it. But that's like, I mean, it's even if they don't have a World Series yet, uh, you know, you you cannot fault them for being super exciting being willing to spend the money and like going up to the luxury. I mean, that's what it should function as. I mean, Rogers, Rogers communications 
should be able to have the Blue Jays run a payroll up to, <laughs> up to – nobody's asking for them to blow past the luxury tax or be the Dodgers, though right. they could. Right. Um, but it, it's absurd to me that we can't – you know, that they can't go up to the – and that's a different conversation too. But, yeah, the Padres, fun, into it. Well, and like you said, on, on Rodgers, it – they print money when the Jays are good, so why not just make sure the Jays stay good? Like it keeps depending uh, on it. It's the stadium's full, the the, <laughs> T, the Rogers t- ratings go through the roof on Sportsnet. It's it's not a complicated uh, ratio or uh, not ratio uh, <laughs> equation or Thank whatever. You. But yeah, you, yeah. But you, you see it. I mean, you see it with. Uh, you see it with the all-star voting, right? You see the like, yep. San Diego Espinal being in it, like coming right. that close to, to, to being a voted an all-star. It's like there's so many people who are fans of the Blue Jays because it's national. The, the dollars are different. I know this. I've probably talked to you about this and had the same rant. But like, you know, we don't we don't get the we don't see you don't see the general selling insurance here in Canada. You don't see all the pharma ads and the dick pills. But so there, there's different there's different revenue streams for TV ads in Canada for sure. But man, there's a lot of eyeballs on the Blue Jays, and I think that they are not being uh, uh, honest about how well monetized that is. Totally agree. Uh, tell the good people you referenced your podcast. Tell them about that. Tell them about the site. Where can everybody find your work? Yeah, I do a podcast called Blue Jays Happy Hour. We're doing it twice weekly on an app called Call In, which means we do it live, but then you can also listen to it afterwards. And you can literally call in. You can ask us questions in the chat as we do it. Me and Nick Ashbourne, who you'll see, uh, North Star Bet. So you'll see it at, at Yahoo. You'll see it at Sportsnet. Everybody knows Nick. <laughs> Nick's awesome. Great, great co-host. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, we, we may do more episodes. We may go to daily if the Jays are in the playoffs. I mean, why not? Nice. Oh, we're, just, we're usually doing post-game stuff. I mean, they, uh, you know, they, they only incentivize us to do two per week. But, uh, but, but if we get the numbers up, We'll uh, we'll start pumping out more. You know, one hand washes the other. Right. Uh, and then also, you can find me on my Substack, which uh, which the easiest way to remember is the Batflip.ca. That's where all my my writing is, all my work is. And if you really if you really want to get dark, you can follow me on Twitter and see all the <laughs> dumb thoughts I have on there. And the dumb thoughts that appear in his replies. Uh, often enough, <laughs> indeed. Often enough from me, uh, Stoughton, As always, man, appreciate it. We'll put all those links uh, in the show notes for uh, you listeners who want to check it out. Highly recommend. Um, appreciate it as always that uh, you come on and and settle me down a little bit, man. Keep things in perspective. <laughs> uh, I need that from time to time. So thank you. Glad to do it. Thanks for having me. That is episode 998 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We'll get out of here on that. Don't forget to check out the new Tall Can Audio 1000 playlist available now on Apple or on Spotify as well as uh, make sure you're subscribed to wherever you're hearing us right now. Give us a follow on social media. Don't forget, episode 999, Friday morning, Rob is in here. We'll do a little audio whiplash. Old school Tall Can Audio. Uh, until then, my name's Matt Robinson, and we will catch you all next time. How was that? Number one bullshit. No, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy? Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app and find us on social media at Tall Can Audio. 